Sing it with me. No. Wee. Come on. It's a Wima Wacka. It's not a Wima Wacka. What the fuck is a Wima Wacka? Anyway, is that like something you like Santa Monica Pier that you get a quarter for or something? Oh my God. I or is just, that Whack a Mole? It's Whack a Mole. <laughs> it's Wima Wacka. Dude, oh, Kathy, do you want to whack on my Wima? I would love to whack your Wima because it needs it. A big old fucking knee whacka in your nema and just bam down you go you know kathy i'm sensing a certain level of aggression from you that i was kind of hoping we could just put aside for the show because i'm actually almost in a good mood oh well i all i know how rare that is so i'll tell you what i will put the violent attitude aside for now so you'll put a pillow on your knee before you jam it into my crotch at light speed, <laughs> is what you're saying. Uh, it's very damn decent of you. Let us shard a show. Let us shard it, shard it, shard it, shard it, shard it. Ah, fuck it. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live once again through Zencaster. Because Boogie needs to take some downers. Apparently, he's a little bit too high right now. I'm Kathy. <laughs> I'm Count Boogie. And I'm just very, very excited. Very excited, Kathy. What? Is is Mew coming back and giving you more of the sex? Is that why? No, no, not necessarily that. Though that would be something to get very, 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 very excited for. No, mm-hmm. I'm just in general, I'm like very active. And I'm doing a lot of stuff. I mean, I've had some pretty nasty panic attacks today and a lot of anxiety. But besides that, it's just a very aggressive. I'm working on this show. I didn't. We recorded me talking about the new show last week, but it was like long and rambly. So I didn't put it in. So this week, I'll try to give you a brief description. I am starting a second show. It looks like. It's called Ugly Mirror Podcast. It deals directly more with the practical applications of mental illness. Like we do meditations and affirmations. We go into like old Chinese proverbs and and articles about neuroscience and stuff like that. So it's 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 completely focused on like work, like doing work. If you come to the show, you're going to do some work. Hopefully we'll all feel better at the end of it type of show. And the other thing about the show that's very, very interesting for me, Kathy, Mm -hmm. I am not going to be cussing in that show. What? Yes, I am going to do. Well, the whole idea is we have perverted podcasts. You and I get to be complete pigs and enjoy our visceral primal animal nature but that's kind of limited in how we can market and my potential to, you know, do a show that can make me enough of a living to not live in a car. So what you're saying is that perverted podcast is this trashy, just perverted, dirty, nasty little podcast where you get to do all the stuff you've always wanted to do. And then you go to your high and lofty podcast <laughs> where you where you give out all the important information. Actually, Kathy, you are 100% correct. You have never been more right in the almost 300 episodes of Perverted Podcast. Fine. I'm going to stay down here in the trash where i'm comfortable i'll be the i'll be oscar the grouch <laughs> what do you mean you will be like this hey! is a new thing hey! this is a new thing hey! hey this is a new no it just sounds like a lot of fun 
And there is a lot of support. I've talked about it in in the the Patreon groups and a lot of private emails. People are really excited about this because we do a lot of this on Perverted Podcast. But this is this is just more focused on the work. I mean, I'm not going to do meditations on Perverted Podcast. We're talking about sex and exploration and relationships. And this is more focused on the individual. So not a lot of stories and, you know, long over romanticized victim shit, you know, let's just learn some stuff, do some stuff. It'll be a shorter show. I don't have a co-host right now and then just see what happens. But that's that, but that's not what's important. What's important is because I'm doing that show, it segues into the production, which of course, you know, I love, I've been working on this for a week. I already have the opening theme song and the jingles and end show jingles and jingles and jingles and writing and thousands of pages of notes. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well I need that little intro thing in the beginning, you know, like we have for our show, the, you know, the show, blah, blah, blah. If you don't like it, fuck off. Um, right. And I'm like, I don't want to read that. I, I want a female voice for that. I want a voice that's kind of, you know, like a cool female voice. And and so I'm like, hey, what about our perverted podcast listener, Wicked, from Denmark? Ooh. Isn't Wicked the one who read us a story or something? Yeah, like maybe there's uh-huh. a little accent in it. So because if it's me, they're going to go, eh, it's some chump going to sit there and talk about <laughs> it. It's mental illness. But maybe I can sucker more people in if there's a female voice and they think there's hope that there's actually a real a real person of quality on the other right. end. Ha <laughs> fool you 20 <laughs> seconds later it's me. So I call I I email her and I'm like, "Hey, can you do this, you know, thing for me?" and I gave her the little scripty thing. And she's like, "Oh, absolutely. It sounds like fun and we haven't talked in a while, you know, since her last segment where she read all the sexiness." And so she did a great job and and it's I mean, it's like two lines, so you know, chop chop splice splice throw some reverb on it. There it goes. And then we had a really nice conversation afterwards. You know, we start talking and of course, you know, I'm trying to flirt cuz she's hot. And oh my uh, God, boogie. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it is my way and that's uh-huh. what we do on this show. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so <laughs> I don't get to be a pervert on the other show. You know, that's going to last like three episodes. I'm going to be like, I'm bored. So <laughs> <laughs> I probably oh I'm just God. speaking truth and you know it. Um, <laughs> so she starts talking and then she's all, oh, well, for Christmas, I got myself. She got herself the same vibrator, you know, the suction vibrator thingy, the one that sucks your clit. Uh, that you have from oh yes yeah like yeah so she got one of those i mean there's a a bunch of different models of it and she said the same thing that you did she said it's a little awkward to get used to but once you do figure out how to work it correctly she said the orgasm is is unlike other orgasms it's a different orgasm and it's it's really awesome and she it really absolutely it. is. It's the weirdest sensation to have that you've had an orgasm the same way all your life. And then suddenly you use this thing and it's like, what is that? It's very cool. So is it like just a mini cup that fits over the clit and then kind of goes like a like a mouth? Well, imagine a straw. But imagine oh, okay. that the walls of the straw are a lot thicker. Right. And that the opening is a lot bigger. Okay. And that it's made out of a soft latex or rubber, whatever it is. Silicone, That's basically yeah, kind of what thing, yeah. it is. And so does it suck air or does it just kind of create the motion no. of like, it In, does it grab and pull? No, inside, the reason that some people get that impression is that inside of the straw, a little way up is what I would call, um, like, you know, when you uh, when you see a speaker, the insides of a speaker, and you've got loud music going on, you could see it reverberating. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, like that. So, yeah. So it touches your clit and it make it might make it feel as if it's sucking, but it actually isn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. intense. But the thing is, look at look online at pictures of women's, you know, clits and and vulvas. They're all so different. You could have a very tiny a clitoris, you could have a, a much larger clitoris, you could have one that's very apparent, v- v- whereas another one is 
behind a lot more flesh than than the next girls is so much so that i this is not in a a one size fits all. they want it to be one size fits all but unfortunately no it's not like that so it it can be a little intense so maybe so what you know the future of this vibrator is that they're going to have to have adjustable heads sizes and different sizes to kind of accommodate different shapes. Of, I have to uh, say that would be great because I, if, if it were a little bit bigger, then I would like it a lot more. I think I, uh, right now it just takes, it's a lot of, it, it takes work to get to know something new when you've been doing it a different way your whole life. I don't have privacy in here in my place and I certainly don't have privacy at Creative Explorers. And what I'd love to do is just lock a door, lie in bed and just experiment <laughs> for an hour. And I you're can't all, do that. Yeah, Here's 20 bucks, kids. Go to the video game arcade and kill some time. I got to spend a little research. Go, a little... Go, to, go to Baskin Robbins. Get yourself go to Bas- nice... Go get yourself. <laughs> Get yourself a banana split. <laughs> Don't come home early. <laughs> Mama's got some work to do downstairs. That's right. <laughs> well, that is very, very awesome. So, yeah, so it sounded really fascinating. So as I was talking to her about it, I'm like, well, you know, um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So I think you should probably just get up from your computer and Go lay down and come with it for me. Oh, boogie. So I can hear it. Oh. And because that's just, you know, it's kind of bullshitty on my end, you know, like I'm like, oh, this sounds really great. And you you say it's really interesting. I have this show, Perverted Podcast. She listens to the show. She knows it's all about exploration and experiments and understanding intimately how things work. So it's kind of a ripoff to me as a show host. That I can't see this in action because you're not going to show it to me in action, Kathy. Uh-huh. So I just said, you know, I might have just impressed upon her how important it was. Oh my god! For her to get up from her fucking computer uh-huh. Uh-huh. and go to the couch and keep herself attached to the headphones. You are fooling no one. You know this, right? And that's damn well what she did. Oh my god. So I got to phone I got to Zencaster sex oh wicked while she used her suction cup and I did a whole dark age play daddy little girl where I first, you know, at first I, I didn't really want to be all evil dumb because it really was it was our first Zencaster sex. You know, we've been flirting for a while. So instead, I like made her pull up her top and start rubbing her tummy and then run her fingers down her thighs and then pinch her nipples and and then just kind of built this whole like daddy thing. And it's going to be our secret and we're not going to tell anybody. And and it got really, really hot. And then all of a sudden I start hearing this sound, you know, that's kind of like. Which I guess is the sound of that very interesting vibrator. Yes. And so it was great. And then, you know, I just, as she masturbated, she started getting turned on. And then I might have shoved my cock in her mouth while she pinched her nipple and worked her clit. And it was, it was, um, the thing works. The thing Mm -hmm. works, Kathy. I mean, Mm -hmm. the experiment was very good. I felt very satisfied she seemed to have a very yummy orgasm and well, i felt have, scientifically satisfied you have quite a dedication boogie to science i will say it is true the things i <laughs> i suffer through for perverted podcast it it was i mean i will admit it was pretty hot oh my you know God. just on a purely you know if I was going to observe this from my point of view, like what I was experiencing, I might have had an exceptionally hard bonaire. You might have, eh? Might have. <laughs> might have had oh. that. It was pretty goddamn sexy. And, and especially, it might have been a bit risky. Like I knew she was into DDLG and exploring that. But I will say... I kind of took a risk and I did it with that like toe in the water where you say daddy likes this to see how they respond. Like if all of a sudden they're like, you're you're like, okay, I'm not daddy. It's cool. I'm not your daddy. I don't expect me to be your daddy. But um, 
but I did. I, I mean, stepped. that's that's quite a risk. It it is because some people are really triggered by like that. Um, so so you just got to kind of watch. But no, it was totally hot. It's totally hot. She's gorgeous and and sexy and and right. uh, we had it was it was a lot of fun and it was nice. And I got the fucking voiceover work out of her. Bada bing. <laughs> oh my god. Bada fucking bing. It's a win-win for everybody, isn't it? It's a win for the Ugly Mirror podcast, people, for my boner that I didn't have anything to do with, mm. and uh, for just sexiness in general. Did you have any fun this weekend? I did have fun. We got together. My shoulder was feeling a lot better by Sunday, and I think he just didn't... He was being very... Uh, Creative Explorer was being very nice because I had told him I had blown out my uh, a shoulder blade again, and... But by then, by Saturday, it was a lot better. And by Sunday, I'm all, yeah, it's really good. He's all, so I can't, but I can't, I still can't like, you know, tie your hands behind your back, right? Because I don't want to continue to hurt you. And I said, I said, no, yeah, probably not. He's like, okay, good. And he pushes me over the bed. He goes, I don't need any fucking restraints. <laughs> and he just tried <laughs> fucking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so creative. <laughs> he's so creative. He's so creative. <laughs> Who would have thought you'd just bend your fucking ass over a bed and start fucking you? I know. It's insane. But I loved it. I'm glad he did it. I was like, yes, I'm getting fucked. This is a good day. <laughs> You're all, yes, I'm getting fucked. <laughs> Do you make like little grunt noises? You're like, yeah, Tom Brady. Rah, rah. Oh, my yeah. God. No, he fucks me pretty hard. And I just find myself going, just grunting because you... Uh, there, I, he's been doing this. We've been doing this for so long that there are times while he's fucking me that my mind starts to wander and I start to <laughs> think to myself, "Why am I making those noises? Why? Where is that coming from?" <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that you do automatically when when your body's being put under a lot of strain, you know. You and poor you, you girl. grunt and you. Yes, it was. It's absolutely horrible, but yeah. You just, the only thing you can do is just these guttural, visceral, primal <laughs> animal sounds. But I understand you're not primal. We all understand. I'm not. You're Don't not. Say that. Don't I totally understand. Not primal. Don't understand it at all. But I grunt like fucking Bigfoot when I'm getting fucked. I get it. You know what I mean, you horrible, horrible man. <laughs> I totally mean. That's what they teach you in Catholic school. They teach oh, you how to me, I know. grunt the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh it's it's just, you know, your guttural response to the Lord filling you with joy. Yeah, well, let's not say the word <laughs> Lord on perverted podcasts. A Lord, when a big foot bendeth you over the creative bed, and fucketh thine, you grunteth for the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Does I sound don't like sound that? like that. No. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds more like that, actually. <laughs> and do you look back over your shoulder and go? No, there are there are some times when I'm I'll, I'll, I'll he's doing something that I don't like, and I'll be like, <laughs> it's so stupid, but I don't know. Sometimes it just comes out of me. I can't help it. <laughs> oh my god. Shit. Get a hold of yourself, man. What is going on over there in uh, the Starbucks parking lot? I'm hallucinating. Uh, <laughs> it's like fucking Dino from the Flintstones. I love Dino. Dino uh, Dino's uh, the best. Whew. Oh, Kathy, that's why he's been fucking you all these years. Uh-huh. You're just funny. <laughs> I'm Dino. You're just, you're just, it's just, I mean, I was never really attracted. To, I mean, Dino has a giant, giant lower half, uh, that's you true. know, so that's kind of hot. I'm sure. He's got that giant but tail. Got that big old tail. You got to throw out of the way. Oh, now I'm having gay sex fantasies with a purple dinosaur animation. That's kind of weird. Don't, don't go there, Boogie. Oh, when you find your love life waning and you might need some explaining, come to us for some fucking advice. All right. So. We got an email from Zarathos, our good friend Zarathos, uh, who wanted some indeed, who wanted some advice, and and he says, "I am a masochist, but I haven't been beaten in some time because of all of the antisocialness. I find myself craving it more and more lately, especially with the overall stress of everything that is happening. 
My owner has been, unrelated to COVID, sick for some time. So she's been distant and is in no shape or mood to be doing any long-distance stuff. I have a history of negative self-harm, so I've been avoiding doing anything to myself. I've gone the icy hot on the dick route a few times, but there's only so many times that one can take that stuff. Now, that shit burns a lot. Also, I'm not really sure the repeated use is good for you. This is probably a good thing, right? <laughs> it's good that he's thinking through this stuff because this is yeah. part of the, you know, I got this... like a blistered thing down there that I can't, doesn't really recognizable. Maybe I should put Maybe... away the icy hot. <laughs> Maybe the icy hot should be once in a while. <laughs> He says, I don't know if there's any real solution other than to try to endure until regular interactions can resume. I know Boogie is a master at improvisation, but he also understands that behaviors can be bad when there's a negative history. So I thought I would ask for some advice on the matter. I hope everyone on the PP team is doing well and staying away from the COVID. Ah, Kathy? Uh, uh Uh-huh. This is a conundrum. For Kathy and Boogie, we the podcast. <laughs> We're going to give some fucking advice, all right. No, we are. Do you want to go first? Um. Well, you go, because I don't think mine is going to be very uh, positive or helpful, because... <laughs> You're all cut off because your dick. Because it's me. <laughs> cut off your dick and mail it to Santa Claus. Um... Okay. Um, Did you want me to go? I will, because you sound... Well, yeah, because if you're going to be like, be a bummer, I'd kind of like to wrap it up with some positive stuff, you know? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've got a bit of a a problem there, right? Because as he said, and we've talked about this on the show, if if you're somebody who is a masochist, but you've also used cutting uh, to harm yourself, you got a problem. Because you have to manage this thing that you enjoy that can very easily suddenly just tip over and it's now gone into harm. And we've also talked about this phenomenon in relation to other things in in BDSM and kink and polyamory. And that is that not, I mean, fire can kill you and it can save your life. And it depends on how how well you harness it and how it's being used. And I I am of the firm opinion that most things in life follow that those same rules, is that you have to know how to use it well. If you're somebody like myself, let's say, who has not in any way been able to master this eating addiction, you stay the fuck away from bakeries or anything where chocolate and all kinds of shit is lying around because I I have very little control over that. Right. If you, on the other hand, you're somebody who has found some, a measure of success in that area, you can safely, if you're, let's say, an alcoholic, walk into a bar. But you know you're playing fire. You know that you have to be very careful with that. So if you're a masochist who has a history of harming yourself, you've kind of taken away the only route that you can take to satisfy your desires. Hmm. Well, I think I, I, I agree with you as far as the caution aspect. But using also the example that you used about food, um, obviously in many of the eating recovery programs and and therapies for people with eating disorders you have to eat you will die if you don't eat so in a sense you do kind of have to learn how to manage your eating and in like overeaters anonymous and some of those programs you manage it by getting rid of the foods that make you crazy right like there's certain foods like for me carbs you know make me voraciously want everything there's certain things that literally are just like danger will robbins this is going to go bad so in regards to self harm depending on how obsessive the behavior was and how much uh they've dealt with it i think there is a possibility to manage it with some accountability like he says that his dominant is not in a place to do any play, but it doesn't mean that she can't still be account. He can't still be accountable to her. Like say, if he drew up a few lists of things that he could do to himself that don't trigger that urge to repetitively self injure, like say, if it's cutting, like for me, mine is cutting. So obviously I'm not going to cut myself for fun because that's not a good idea for me. But maybe self-spanking or some sort of self-flagellation 
or a cane strike on the thigh. Those are things that maybe don't trigger kind of the negative headspace around self-harm. And if he makes a number of lists of options that are, you know, in the safe zone for him and sends that to his dominant and says, I know you can't do this placing, but maybe you can pick one of these things and instruct me to go do it to myself. And that way there's some, there's some accountability that you're now, just like you said, when you obey creative Explorer, there's some accountability to your dominant to not go to the things that are dangerous for you. Yes, absolutely. I think that you you hit on a really interesting notion because they may be doing long distance stuff and you're used to that. You're used to the way that it happens. You're used to it occurring in this fashion and it never occurs to you that you can maybe step it back and do it, as you say, in a different way. You're right. If she's sick, she has no energy. And and as he says, is in no shape or mood to be doing anything long distance, but alter it. It doesn't have to be, it can, you know what it can be? Uh, doming light. Yeah. Like just take it, take it back and like, okay, I'll give you another good example. I, there's somebody brought in more fucking chocolate into the office and I'm walking by it. And several times I was this close to taking it. And I, and I knew the day there was no way I would make it to the end of the day without taking some. And so I shamelessly texted my sister and said, Jesus fucking Christ, I am this close to grabbing it. You got to tell me to stop. And she just wrote back and said, I absolutely forbid you to do that. We're going to be making a nice meal tonight, a nice healthy meal, and you're going to hate yourself at the end of the day. So no, you're not allowed to. And I really don't know why that helps, but it does. And I didn't take anything. And it I didn't expect her to manage my whole diet. I didn't want her to become my dietitian and my a uh, health guru and tell me what to do morning, evening, and night. I just said, please text me not to do this. And that was it. One and done. We were done. That's a fantastic story. And in a sense, that is what a lot of support groups are about. I mean, we're not talking about sponsorship and your mentor or whatever you want to call it that ha- or your dominant that has more control over your life. But just getting support from individuals, and in this case, maybe it's having a couple besides the instruction from your dominant, maybe it's making sure that you're in a better headspace, or maybe checking in with a couple friends that understand what your issue is, and then say, hey, I'm going to check in beforehand, and then I'm going to check in afterwards. So it's just even more support and accountability to kind of go around that placing. I think that's a great idea. Rely on some of your friends. Hopefully Zarathos can uh, reach out to people and does have kinky friends who can help. I mean, uh, sex and, and eroticism are, can be a very big part of any power exchange, but they're not a necessary ingredient. You can have, you can solicit your friend's help in monitoring the kind of self masochism that you're giving yourself. Sure. Absolutely. And one final idea, because he's like, you're, you're, you do improv. And I'm like thinking through things that, that cause pain that aren't whatever. I'm all, if you got a couple weights or even a couple like one gallon water jugs, you can go into certain positions. Like you can go in martial arts, they call it horse ready, where you kind of, you, you squat like you're straddling a horse and then you hold your fist straight out in front of you like you're holding the reins. And after a while, that really, if you stay there for five minutes, you're going to be dying. So if, especially if you hold like a cup of water or a jug of water, and then maybe do some sort of mantra about your service to your dominant. Hmm. My dominant is beautiful. And I, I, I worship her. She loves me. She believes it, whatever, whatever you do. And then see if you can get through like 10 mantras while still holding the water jugs and let that start to burn and create. Cause I mean, that's a pain, but it's a very controlled pain. And at the end, you'll be fucking buff. So what the fuck? <laughs> There's no downside here. <laughs> yeah. Working out to failure. They call, I guess in the gym, they call it working out to failure. That's where you can't possibly hold it anymore. Cause it hurts so much, which I hate working out to failure. I don't like pain, but for somebody that likes pain, that is a great, uh, that is a great safe way that's actually considered healthy. You can put inside your head that you're doing something very healthy, but you're still giving yourself pain, but in a more controlled way. Right. 
Well, I hope that this stuff helps. I, I hope that that if anything, it it makes him realize that you have to get even more creative than you thought. You have to step outside of your comfort zone, solicit the help of your friends, find other ways. If you're solely a physical masochist, then, you know, your, your path is limited. If you're, like you say, a masochist who can um, take that kind of pleasure in other things, that's even better. There are other areas that you can explore. And if you are, in addition to be a masochist, uh, find that being of service and being a submissive is also something good. You can add to that as well. Being a, of service to someone can ease that tension that you have because you're not able to fulfill the masochistic needs. Absolutely. I have one more quick idea um, for quick masochism. If you take um, super glue and you glue some tacks to the end of your four fingers, then go to a farm, hop the fence, go and smack the donkey in the ass. What? That is a great way to get impact play from a mule. Oh, okay. You know what? What? I think that our audience is wise enough to know that they should not take that advice, Mr. Crazy Man. I mean, some people are into kicking and punching, and I'm just telling you, one good mule kick, and you'll literally, you'll be cured. You'll be like, I don't need any more masochism today. I feel all massoed out. There's something about... That story that makes me wonder if you actually did that. <laughs> I'm going to lay here with my blood and urine mixing as it dribbles out of my penis. Oh, my God. Zarathos, don't do what Boogie just said. Please. <laughs> don't go find good. that. Whack. Oh, oh, oh. Boot. End oh of play scene. That no? is it. No. This is why it's called some fucking advice. Because <laughs> it's just is... some. <laughs> It's not good. Perverted Podcast Listener Segue. Sandra from Tranny's in Trouble. Uh, it sure is. Yeah, that sure do- is. Woo! <laughs> Celebration music and fireworks. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long since we have talked on the show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I think it's been like probably two years. Two years too goddamn long. But not today because... I told Kathy a little bit about the stories that you're going to be sharing with the perverted podcast listeners. And she's like, why am I not there? (laughs) So, uh, so she's excited to hear, uh, hear your stories. I'm excited to hear your stories. And I'm also excited that you are here to share them with us and with the perverted podcast listeners. So Sandra, let's just get into some of the magics. You have two things to talk about today that I think are going to be really interesting. Let's start first with your heartbreak over a transitioning character in your life. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, well, right. We're talking about uh, Elliot Page, who yes. uh, the actor who used to go by Ellen Page. So I guess it was about a month that I'm going to use the they pronoun. I think uh, I think they're going by he they now. Right. So it was like, I don't know, it's been a month or two that uh, they came out as trans and I think non-binary, and, which is great. You know, I, I'm, I want to be supportive and they're being themselves. And then I also kind of feel like a real jerk because uh, as when they were like Ellen Page, the actress... I mean, they're they're so cute and adorable. And uh, with me, uh, you know, being a crossdresser, I would look at Ellen Page, and it's like an image of what I would yearn to be. So it's like when I hear that they're coming out as uh, non-binary and going by he, you know, part of me is thinking, uh, like oh, <laughs> you got man. ripped off. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> Ellen like, ripped you off. <laughs> Yeah, it's like please don't go away and don't don't change too much and like don't don't take please don't take the male hormones and grow a beard and have you know hair on your arms and it was like I felt like a real jerk but I because I was really kind of disappointed when I heard about it. I thank you first off for being honest and that is the reason I wanted to talk because you and I were talking about this in passing and I'm like oh please we have to talk on the show about this because this is really important there is nothing wrong with feeling a sense of disappointment or loss 
when somebody stops following kind of the script that you have in your head for them as far as being in your life and what they are to you. And that's a very normal thing. There is nothing wrong with that. It comes down to the actions. Right. That's where the difference is, is are you going to shame and judge and then discourage someone to be who they are when they decide that they are about their script and not your script? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and it's like I'm obviously I'm, I'm projecting everything through my own, you know, gender issues. And, you know, it's, it's like so much of a life, you're just projecting your own stuff and seeing what's out there through that filter. So, um, yeah, whatever the, the emotional reaction is okay. It's just uh, whatever the emotion is, that's just real. That's what's happening. So in a sense, and Kathy went through this with Hunter, right? who used to be Rain. And, and so there was a loss that Kathy felt, and she's talked about it briefly on the show, because obviously she had a lesbian relationship with Rain, right. and then Rain transitioned into Hunter, which is absolutely, that's who Hunter wanted to be. And you have to, at that point, realize it's okay that I feel a little bit of loss or butthurt, but ultimately, I deserve the right to be who I am so it's going to be healthier for me to accept somebody else's change. And there's nothing wrong. Like in Kathy's case, it doesn't erase the history that she had in that relationship with Hunter when Hunter was Rain. Yeah, right. You know, right. and it's the same thing with you. You may have no new history as far as the cute female history with Elliot Page. Right. But you still have your history of admiration and the things that inspired you when they were in a different place. And this is important, not just because of gender issues or somebody uh, coming out as non-binary or, or those things. It comes down to everything. Right. People do change. People take on new philosophies. They used to be one way. They used to think one way. You're in a relationship with somebody people are allowed to reinvent themselves as much as they need to or want to. Right, right. And it's our job to accept our butt hurt, be okay with our butt hurt. But ultimately, if we're trying to stop somebody from being who they are, then that's where it gets shitty. Yeah, you, you can't, I mean, you can try to force people to change, but you're just being a jerk if you do that. Absolutely. And it's unsuccessful. We've seen it. How many times have we seen that, you know, somebody transitions or someone comes out as gay and the people around them are like, no, 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 that's not how I want to view you. That's not in my script. And then, of right. course, families and guilt and shame and abuse and and whatever. It doesn't make the person not gay. Right. Exactly. It just makes a toxic, shitty relationship. Yeah, right, right. And it, and if that's how you want to be in people's lives, well, then I don't have to be in your life. Right. Yeah. If you want to be that way, I want people in my life that support me. And of course, as kinky people, you know, there's people that accept us and then people that completely reject us as as creepy perverts and whatever. And that's okay. I don't have to be around those people. Like I'm kind of dealing with, you know, my mom knows like 90% of my story and um Things are a little stressed right now between her and I, and uh, not, not nothing bad, but it's like, you know, I'm getting this point of just, I really just got to lay it all out there. And, um, uh, you know, she um, she knows I'm cross-dresser, uh, identifies I'm on the transgender spectrum. Uh, she knows I haven't been with a woman in like seven years, and, um, you know, I mostly go out with other cross-dressers or fool around. And it, she, like, knows 90% of that, but there's that part of me that still knows, that's aware that she doesn't know the full story, you know? And it's just like, I just want to lay it out there and just be done with it. Especially with things being a little tense right now, it's like, I'd rather we know each other and just deal with it, even if it's uncomfortable, you know? I mean, and that's, that is absolutely an option. If you have a, a normally close relationship 
with your parent to where you feel like you're lying to them or hiding from them. But ultimately, if there's that little bit of your sexuality or your personality that doesn't affect the relationship with your parent, then they don't need to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I'm not going to tell them like my favorite sex acts or anything. But um, <laughs> you're all you know. when that dick goes up there, <laughs> right? Wow. Right. But the, just, it's just that I've always liked to be as honest and open about who I am as I can in situations, and just that awareness that that sometimes I'm kind of fudging the truth, and that that brings me down. I just don't like doing that, you know. And that's something that you have to decide. Uh, if you need to move that 10% into your mom's camp and see how she deals with it. Right, right. Or ask her, hey, I have this 10% of myself that I'm keeping from you because I'm afraid you're going to reject me or abandon me. Yeah, right. Uh, are you interested in knowing this 10%? Yeah. And right. if they're like, I don't want to know anything more about you yeah yeah then the the ball's in their court right you're right. you know yeah and you're like oh now i'm just respecting them by not giving them the full story because i goddamn well know that i'll say something to my dad and he will literally go okay i thought <laughs> oh, oh, oh right, don't need right. to know that yeah and i'm right. like Oh yeah, I put the two girls together anally with this double-ended dill. Okay, I don't. <laughs> so, right. I, so I know there's a certain amount of myself that my dad has no interest in knowing. If right. he talked about it, if he wanted to talk about his anal exploration at 83 years old, I'd be you know supportive. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go there and fucking put a finger in my dad's ass. But, you know, I want to make sure that he's having good experiences at 83. Right, How did we right. get onto this? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, my my dad was, like, a he's he's not alive, but uh, he, he's a total narcissist. And, I mean, he, he would share. He would overshare. Like, that's something I'll never be <laughs> guilty of because I'm always, I'm always trying to judge the response of the other person. But my dad has told me stuff that I wish he'd never told me. I don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's in my head now for the rest of my life. I cannot unsee that, Father dear. Thank you very much. I'm glad you had, uh, you know, in Cuba, yeah. you had two girls and a chicken in the same room. That's 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 great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You. Yeah, I mean, it's stuff I will never repeat to anyone because it's just like <laughs> I just did not need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is, is... You and I and our perverted podcast listeners can accept that people change and we can let them be who they are, even if it hurts our feelings a little bit. And then eventually you get to develop a new relationship with Elliot. Yeah, right. You know, maybe there's that because that person is still the same person, you know, in general. Right. They've just changed their gender and what they feel more comfortable living as. But maybe there's a new history that you weren't expecting with that person as this transformed person. Right, right. Well, I really wonder where they're going to go with uh, acting. Um, are they still going to be presenting? Uh, they're also, they, they do the, the series, the Umbrella Academy. Um, oh, sure, playing sure. a, I, I've never seen, I think, playing a female character. Uh, might be non-boundary. I'm not really not sure. Um, but I just wonder, you know, where's that going to go with, uh, with their acting? Um, and well. How they'll present. That's an adventure. Yeah, yeah. Just another adventure. And speaking of adventures, we now get into the story that I have been excited and dreading (laughs) at the exact same time. And it is, as you have described, one of the hottest scenes that you say you have ever done. And there was good aspects and potentially dangerous aspects to it that I want to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and set the tone okay. and give us the story of this magical play scene. Right, right. Yeah, it was Yeah, w- definitely one of the hottest scenes I've ever done. Oh, it has to be over 15 years ago now. I was, I was playing with this guy. This is only the second time I ever played with him. Uh, we met at a motel somewhere outside of San Diego. And um, he's the kind of guy I never really could get a handle on who he was and what he was all about. So there was always this mystery to him, which added to the hotness because his kink was, uh, he liked to 
can tie people up and control them and just have them helpless. Um, and he wasn't even looking for sex, which is interesting. He just wanted to have a captive. And um, so then not really this mysterious quality to him just made it seem a little more dangerous and edgy. Because so, it was. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I, I, at the time, I, I'm pretty sure I knew his real name, but I don't I can't remember it now. Right. So we did some bondage scenes, uh, tying me up. He took some pictures. Uh, and then we're, we're in this motel room that has one of those um, couches with a sofa bed that folds out, has a little mattress on it. Oh, those and, old school ones with the springs and stuff. Yeah, the springs. Yeah. So I'm looking at it. I had checked in earlier and I'd scoped it out already. And this is a fantasy I've always had. And I said, you know, you could take the mattress off that the springs and you could put me on there and tie me up and fold it up, and I'd probably fit back inside the sofa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he said, oh, he liked that idea. He thought it was cool. So, um, so Let's try it. Let's try it out. Yeah. So so, he, so I get on there. Um, he ties me up. I had to put my hands in front because, you know, you're so smashed in there. There's just not much room. Uh, we used a ball gag, which is, you know, simple and you know, um, probably safe. Although, you know, we never talked about, uh, we never <laughs> talked about safe words or how long I was going to be inside there or anything. I was just so excited by it. And, and I remember as he was getting me prepared and tying me up on there, I mean, I was literally shivering. My body just had that, the anticipation and just the excitement of it, uh, you know, just shivering on that, those box springs. And then he folded it up and just, you have to lift up the, you know, my, the weight, and then you just, whoosh, you just go down <laughs> into the sofa, and you're in there, and it's totally folded up, and uh, and then he put the sofa uh, cushions on top, so if someone had walked in the walked in the room, you would not even know that there was a person wrapped up in the inside that sofa in the box. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so so I'm in there. It was you're just smashed inside the sofa. It's totally dark, uh, and then you know he he turned on the TV, um, watched some TV. So he sits down on the sofa, and you know he's so fucking heavy. <laughs> um, and you know he was thankfully he was kind of gentle about it. He didn't just because he could break my ribs or something. But sure. he watched TV for a while. Um, and then he went to bed, and um, and, I, and then I remember just I'm laying in there, and I just thought, you know, we never talked about anything. Um, <laughs> I like how this is just casual conversation that you have with yourself yeah. while bound in a sofa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, which is really hot because it's like, and I'm thinking he could just leave me here all night. Um, and you know he had to. He's going to check out in the morning. I mean, this guy could like forget I'm in there, or just decide I'm just going to take off and just uh, leave Sandra in the sofa. And you know, the maid will eventually come and probably let her out. Although, yeah, you'd have to be you have to be physically strong to get a person out of a sofa like that. Because uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty so, sure the um, maid would have to call for help if it was, uh, you know, not strong enough to pull you out. Yeah, After absolutely. they shit their pants. Yeah. Well, God was talking to them from the sofa. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so so anyway, I was in there um I was having those thoughts. It was re- it was just incredibly hot and uh, just a ma- massive turn on. And then, you know, after I was in there for about two hours and then I started, you know, I started getting pretty uncomfortable. So I started making some noise and um, and to his credit, he finally, you know, he just got out of bed. And he, he, you know, it took some work to lift me out of there, but he did get me out. And, um, you know, there was nothing sexual that happened. And once I was out, I, I just regretted that I'd ended it. I looking back, it's like, I wish, cause I was, it was really uncomfortable. I wish I just forced myself to suffer and stay in there till dawn, you know, and spend the whole night. Cause that's, that's what I should have done. 
But uh, all I can say, but in any case, it was so hot, and I've I've never been able to repeat the excitement of that. I like that your regret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my regret <laughs> is that I ended it too quickly ha- after two hours of that. I've just been <laughs> stuffed in this thing. It's like you know, like like being buried alive or something. Every claustrophobic fear, and every time I think about you being squeezed into that noisy, springy box motel frickin' sofa, right. and then slid in there. And you know, when that last part goes in there, I know exactly the drop you're talking about. Right. Where it yeah. just kind of drops and clinks you into place, and that is then there. The thought of that was terrifying to me and brought up so many questions. And then just that wonderful understanding that different people think different things are hot and different people do not have the same fears as me. So when you talk about hot, like, can you describe that physically? Um, well, it's certainly, you know, it's sexual, although it wasn't turned on, but it's just more a feeling of the risk and the danger is like what's really appealing in that. That's, it's probably, you know, one of my biggest kinks is, um, you know, I run trannysintrouble.com and we're always doing scenes that are, you know, damsel in distress and all this certain amount of peril to it so that's probably my biggest kink and i mean that was really that was risky right and it could have gone south so easily um i think that's really the excitement i mean i I have similar you know fantasies with like car trunks and things like that and and i probably do have a little bit of claustrophobia it's not like it doesn't get to me and that just adds to adds to the thrill really that is so beyond me (laughs) but i love the idea that you had it work out and you not die in a sofa very happy that you weren't abandoned or that he poured fucking gasoline on the sofa and lit you on (laughs) fire or any number of horrible things that race through my head at the speed of light and make it so I would never do something like that ever in a million years because too many thoughts. Yeah, right. The anxiety would kill me. Yeah, um, the, the gasoline would not be a good one. I mean, it, it, just as a story, if you were abandoned there, that would be kind of hot. And, it, you know, and if you survived, okay, and were rescued, <laughs> that would that'd be a good story. <laughs> Especially if it was someone hot that rescued you. Yeah, right. And took yeah. you out while you were all like, ah, shaking up, and then they just fuck you. And yeah. Yeah, like this, you know, the maid comes in and she's wearing like a, you know, PVC outfit, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you had lots of time in that two hours to think through that scenario. Yeah, so, well, in that case, it would be about, it would be, you know, about. 10 hours that you'd been in there probably. Yeah, 10, 12 hours, you know, once they check out the next day at noon. And and then it's a couple hours before they get in. And hopefully they're cleaning that day. You know, if the the motel's not busy, (laughs) if the motel's not busy, they may just leave the room until there's enough rooms to make it worth their while. It could be Yeah, we we can go go clean that room the next day, you know. Yeah, or, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Or who, who knows? Maybe the... Any number of things can go wrong and do. Yeah. So now we get to the point to where so glad it worked out. Yeah. No, it was awesome. But it was hideously dangerous, risky, and in some ways personally irresponsible. Because this is someone you didn't know very well. Right. You didn't have a backup plan. You didn't negotiate what to do in case of this, that, or that. You didn't have a friend that you said, hey, I'm going to let this guy shove me in a couch. Can you check in in at least eight hours? Because, you know, I can survive for eight hours in there. But can you at least call him and have me whimper into the, you know, through the couch or something? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I didn't even like... I, I didn't like even know we were going to do that scene till, till till I got in the room and hey, there's a sofa here. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So there is surely, and maybe it takes away some of that fear because you know ultimately you've put some plans in place so you don't die, right? 
or get hurt or be abused um, in any number of situations. So my first suggestion, this is where I, I know it was totally hot. Right. But I can't recommend people do those types of risks because it, when they go bad and they do go bad. Right. It's disaster. It's it's you know nobody wants to pay the check like we just did the uh, the waterboarding scene that went bad and now the guy has like multiple physical you know problems that uh-huh. he may have for years or life because the waterboarding scene went bad and they even prepared for that. Is this a theoretical thing or a real water? No, this happened. We talked about it on the show a couple months ago. It was a horrible scene. They did a waterboarding scene and the guy got brain damage from it. Holy shit. Yes. It was, I mean, just, and they planned. These were people that planned. So even when you plan something that's really edgy, things can go wrong. But of course, you know, we've, you know, we've talked about things where, you know, there was a case where two people had their friend tie them up both in tight bondage and then leave them there. And then the house caught on fire and they died. Right. Um, Right. You know, we've heard that story. Um, and there are other stories where people are left in bondage, like with the straw in their mouth so they can breathe and they're right. shoved in a closet and the straw falls out and they die. Yeah, so right. there, there, there's all sorts of things. It does happen. Oh, absolutely. And especially doing you know, bondage is really high risk and especially leaving uh, abandoning someone and leaving them alone. Uh, Self bondage is super high risk. David yeah. Carradine, Kung Fu. He, he... Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, uh, you know, and the the people who follow my website are you know mostly cross dressers. Tons of people who are into self bondage, and I know a lot of people do it. I mean, I, I shoot self bondage videos, and I, I always right. have to put a disclaimer that you want to be really careful and don't push the envelope. Um, so yeah, I hate to be a bummer. You know, because yeah. I know in I know in your mind you're like that is the hottest scene I've ever done. Oh, uh, it is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know it's a, it's a really it's a controversial thing because I mean people get turned on and they push the envelopes, and and we all know that people do it and we've all done it. Right. Um, and yeah, you. I mean, you should be careful, and we also know that some of us are going to take risks that aren't careful. Absolutely. And it what I guess what I'm trying to get at, because no matter what, I'm going to suggest people not put themselves in danger, if at all possible. Right. Have a safe call. Do a couple little things to just make sure you're not going to die. Yeah. You know, absolutely. But can you and see, I I go through this even with negotiation and some of those things in place. Can I still achieve a level of hotness? that is satisfying without taking that major risk. And I found in my life, absolutely. Yeah. I've done all sorts of dark interrogation and rape role play and this and that. And I've done these things and I've still been able to have a great hot time, right. but still put a couple things in place. So a, I don't go to jail and B someone doesn't go to the hospital. Yeah. It's uh, like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing to, to reconcile you know, it that, is but i mean yeah. ultimately i mean even if you keep in your mind even if you have the safe call uh-huh. doesn't mean the guy can't kill you uh, sure yeah it doesn't mean that that this the the phone's you know gonna lose its charge i mean there's things you can mind fuck yourself with right that even if you've put some things in place that you know shit can still go wrong so you right. can kind of fuck with your own mind while you're in that scenario, but you've also at least done some due diligence to not be completely reckless. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sandra, you have once again amazed and titillated us. Uh, you do have an amazing trannysintrouble.com website with tons of trans and cross-dressers in various perilous, struggling rope bondage scenarios. Is there any uh, – that's just a direct traineesintrouble.com? Uh, yeah, traineesintrouble.com. Um, I'm on Twitter and FetLife. Um, I think I, – I, I always forget. I think it's just Sandra underscore Gibbons. Okay. Those. Yeah. 
but yeah, the main site's Tranny's in Trouble. Well, very, very good. Sandra, it's always a blessing to have you on. So excited to hear from you, and we will have to have you on again soon. Absolutely. It's great to, great to talk to you, Boogie. That is the end of an awesome show, 293. Please keep the emails coming, you guys. Email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you think this show brings value to your lives, consider becoming a supporter by visiting patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. Catherine. Catherine, you're not in trouble. You're not in, in trouble at all. I would like to say, now, of course, finances are always important, and we joke about the finances, and then I joke about needing more finances so I can improve my life and stuff like that. And we have an amazing show sponsor, uh, Headley, who has been so supportive. We have amazing patrons. But I also just want you to know, I don't want to give a fuck about money. I just want to do a great show. And I'm so touched that we have people that are supportive and dig in their pockets and give us a little bit of money or in some cases a lot more than a little money and I just want you to know I love you whether or not you give you, if you stopped giving today I we would still figure out how to do a show and I still we still love you um, it's not I don't want it to feel like it's a mandatory thing that that you give i mean it's great if you do because we need it but it, it really you is know it, it is unconditional love we have for our listeners it sounds all soppy and what but it's true yeah we want to do the show it's it's a great show to do and and it's so fun and it, and trust me it does inspire when there there is money in the bank and i can pay for the storage and the websites and, and all the different things that is inspiring because it's like a you know i have to think of it like hey you got to get the fuck up it's like a little job you got to do you have responsibilities you have edits and shows and notes and things like that but ultimately it the thrill really is this show is worth a million bucks to me and i don't have a million dollars so i really maybe i i can't really say that i don't know but it's definitely worth a couple grand that I don't have either. Um, <laughs> what are we saying? I don't, I don't know, know where we're going. Let's just I'm just goodbye. telling you, I'm so grateful. Headley, you are an amazing, amazing show sponsor. You will always be our spiritual show sponsor, no matter where you are in life. And to the rest of our, our listeners, you guys are awesome. And I am not leaving this show to go do another show. This is a second show that I'm going to try. And then I'll have two shows. So hopefully both of them will be helpful to different types of people. And it'll be great. So uh, Catherine and I, uh, if she's not busy grunting and barking at Creative Explorer, <laughs> we will be here for goddamn sure next week.
quicksand. Now you try to call me while the vultures circle overhead. Ain't gonna save you. No, 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 not again. You throw in guilt because I left you in the quicksand. I ain't a sucker for a pretty face and tight pants. Ain't gonna save you. No, 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 not again. Feet, knees deep, calling from the quicksand. I ain't your mama gonna leave you in the quicksand. One more chance was three ago. Make another plan, all your new home's gonna be the quicksand, 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 quicksand.